1: Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.
0: Hey guys, welcome to I've Never Said This Before with me, Tommy DiDario. Today's guest is someone who I am so grateful to call a dear friend. He is iconic. He is a legend. He is the moment of all moments. He is Billy Porter. Billy is as incredible of a human being as he is an artist. He is an Emmy, Tony, and Grammy award-winning actor, singer, director, composer, and playwright. And if you were doing your calculations, then yes, he is one letter short of being one of the very, very few artists to reach the elite status of being an EGOT winner. He just needs that O for Oscar baby, and I have no doubt that is coming down the line. Now, Billy has an incredible body of work, but oh, man, my favorite role? It's got to be his portrayal of Pray Tell in the FX Breakthrough Series Pose. It's a drama spotlighting the legends, the icons, and the ferocious house mothers of New York's underground ball culture, which is a movement that first gained notice in the late 1980s. His performance, uh, it will leave you breathless. It is just brilliant. I also quite often listen to him on the soundtrack to the smash hit Broadway musical Kinky Boots, for which he won the Tony, among many other accolades, for his portrayal of Lola. I love when that comes on at the gym. I jam out. Yes, I do. In 2021, he penned his first literary project called Unprotected. It's a very powerful memoir about race and sexuality, art and healing. But today, Today is all about his exploding pop star career. Yes, it is. His album The Black Mona Lisa is due out this fall and Billy has quite a lot to say. He has been achieving some of his wildest dreams right now at this very very moment of his life. And that is one of the things that I love most about Billy. He he shows you that it's never too late for you to have your own second act in life. So, Let's see if today we can get Billy to say something that he's never said before. Billy Porter, how are you, my friend?
2: I'm good. How are you?
0: I am so good. The last time I saw you, I brought you on to the Rachel Ray show. For everyone listening, I've been a correspondent on the show for five years and we drank red wine. And I feel like we both got a little tipsy because we don't usually drink red wine. (laughs) (laughs)
2: yeah we got a little bit tipsy
0: got a little tipsy on (laughs) national TV that's right that's right well it's good to see you that's right we had a good time it's so good to see you I feel like I'm meeting you again for the first time because I am talking now to the international pop star known as Billy Porter this is your return to music this year (laughs) and here
2: you are (laughs) yes I am it's been um a really wonderful journey. Um, my first R&B album, Mainstream, came out 1997. Uh, it was called Untitled on A&M Records. Uh, wonderful album. I'm very proud of it. And the business was very homophobic at the time. And so they didn't really know what to do with me. There wasn't really a place for me you know, they were really trying to shove me into the traditional R&B crooner slot, which I can do, but it doesn't really have anything to do with me, really, like my real art. So it's been wonderful to go away from that and expand on so many different creative levels and then be able to come back to this space on my own terms.
0: Well, and I know this was a very personal tour for you. Like you mentioned, it took a long time for you to be able to arrive to this point in your life and be who you are. Is is that something that you felt throughout the duration of the tour you were on?
2: Yeah, you know, the Black Mona Lisa Tour Volume 1, I, went, I did 25 cities in five weeks back in May. And it was my first time really officially doing that, like a a pop music tour on a tour bus. You know, like I had a pop music tour, but, you know, like it was a real thing. And I was able to show up and sing my own material as myself. You know, I've, I've been able, I've been blessed to have amazing success inside of film and television and theater. And I'm known for playing other people. You know, what was special about this is that I am showing up as myself, my true authentic self, being on the stage as myself the music that i've written you know saying absolutely everything that i want to say to the world was was magical it was special it was mind blowing earth shattering i mean i don't really have words for it you know and it felt right you know there was no stress around it uh, around my part of it around the work part of it it was really special
0: and this is going to be your fifth studio album. Is that correct? Mm-hmm. So in some ways, does it feel like one of your first being that you just said, you know, you were trying to be forced into this box that you could do, but now you get to be in a box of who you really are. So does it feel like a different experience?
2: It is a different experience. You know, my first... So my first album, the, the R&B album, I didn't have any say. <laughs> Then the second album was at the corner of Broadway and Soul, my live album from Joe's Pub. That was me, like, experimenting, finding my voice. I wrote some stuff on that album, a lot of theater things, you know. And it was sort of me establishing my brand at the time, you know, at the corner of Broadway and Soul. I was bit by the Broadway bug. And I'm a gospel singer, a gospel soul singer, you know, so like those two things together. Then my third album was Billy's Back on Broadway, is Billy's Back on Broadway, which is traditional. Well, my version of a classic Broadway album, like, you know, the old school Barbara Streisand Broadway albums with like an orchestra and everything. My own arrangements. So like the Broadway and soul flavor. Yeah. Um in a classic traditional sort of orchestral orchestration kind of way. Then my fourth was The Soul of Richard Rodgers, which I called my, um, you know, me trying to be my, have my Quincy Jones moment, <laughs> where I produced all of it. I'm on it a little bit, but I also have guests on it. And it's all the Richard Rodgers uh, canon interpretate, interpreted through Black music lens. So all the arrangements are R&B, soul, hip hop, rap, gospel, jazz. Those are the arrangements. And my guests are people like Indy Ree and Letacy and Deborah Cox and Cynthia Arrivo and uh, Leslie Odom Jr. and Patina Miller. And, you know, so to stepping into a leadership role to try and show that side of the business that these voices that we have these modern voices that we have in this musical theater space have existed the whole time. We've been able to, in the theater, dip in to these voices, mine, gospel singing, R&B singing, pop singing, soul singing, you know, those, the, the theater has had a very interesting relationship with those styles of singing. And up until recently, and you know, like I said, we've had flashes here and there, whether it's The Wiz, whether it's Dream Girls. Right. It's like you can count on one hand how many times that our styles, our voices, our true, authentic, Black musical idioms are connected to stories, are connected to human beings. Very often in the Broadway space our voices are relegated and pigeonholed into musical reviews. Right. So there are no, there's no human being. There's no three dimensional human being. There's no story. It's just show up black people and sing the roof off the joint. Like you people do no connection though to a real human being. And that gets exhausting. Um, And so I did it in Kinky Boots, Cynthia Erivo, Jennifer Hudson, Heather Headley did it in that revival of the color purple. You know, when it's authentic like that, Hamilton, you know, Patina Miller and Leslie Odom Jr. are my students. Mm. When I was teaching at Carnegie Mellon, I was saying to them, be who you are, sing like who you like, like how you sing. Be authentic to that voice. And your gift will make room for you. You know, this was in the early 2000s when my gifts hadn't made room for me yet. So that must was, have been hard. Well, I was speaking life into myself while trying to speak life into others with the hope that it would work out yeah. in some way. And Nabbit, if I did not win my Tony Award the same year that my student, Patina, Patina Miller, won hers. I won for kinky boots and she won for Pippin. And I said, I was right. I was right.
0: Well, and fast forward to now with this new album coming out in the fall, the black Mona Lisa, where you do get to be yourself and tell your story as a black queer man. I mean, what, what has the journey been like creating this album for you?
2: Um, This journey has been very healing. Because my first, because it's because it's connected specifically to the mainstream space that has rejected me for so long, the mainstream music space that has rejected me for so long, um, and to be able to get in the rooms with like people like Justin Tranter and Emenike, out of London, and Andrea Martin, the late great Andrea Martin, the songwriter Andrea Martin, not the actress. You know, they were listening to me. They wanted to help me get to the best version of what my vision is. You know, these are the top people Mm. in their spaces. Justin Tranter is the top pop songwriter in the business for a number of years now.
0: Wanting to work with you.
2: Yes. And what's special about us is that our, our, our journeys are similar because he was a signed artist, a queer signed artist who went through a lot of the same things that I went through. You know, they sign you and then they want you to be somebody else. And so, you know, he transformed his life and became this songwriter. He's queer, he's out, he's femme, he's fabulous. Mm -hmm. And so the powers that we're bringing together, you know, I think for the first time in that space, who else, who else is like us, a team together like us, out, straight, queer, interracial, you know, like it's, it's, I, I, I feel like it's a magical, I know it's a magical thing because it has been, and we're, I'm just trying to figure out now, we're just trying to figure out how to blow it up.
0: Yeah. it—it It is going to blow up because the singles you've already come out with have been incredible. And I find it so fascinating that you just said the mainstream, music industry that you were rejected from and felt rejected from is now welcoming you two questions one how did you feel rejected and two how did you not let that put a bitter taste in your mouth and say f y'all i don't want you
2: well i did have a bitter taste in my mouth and i did say f y'all and i did walk away from it i was kicked out because i was gay Period. Period. And I was made to believe that I was such a flaming homosexual that there would be no way for anybody to receive me. I go back to my music videos and I watch them. You wouldn't have known. I went to drama school. I knew how to act butch. I know how to act butch. But when you're supposed to be playing yourself, you know, the music industry, I'm showing up as Billy Porter. I'm not showing up as somebody else. I'm showing up as myself, and I wasn't showing up as myself. I was showing up as somebody else, and therefore I failed as somebody else. And when I was able to look back at it, I vowed to never do that again. That was the greatest gift. Ah, the compromise, yes. But for me, it was years of compromise, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, because I thought at that age, I was 23, 24 years old, oh, well, these people have had these successes, so they know better than me. They don't. Whoever they are, they don't know better as to how to be me (laughs) than me. They don't. And it took me a while to understand that. You know, it takes a while, A, to learn who you are, to understand who you are. Right. And then have the courage and the confidence to sit in the fullness of that, to stand in the fullness of that, and then move forward in that space. It's easy to be who you are when what you are is what's popular. Mm.
0: Ooh, say that again.
2: It's easy to be who you are when what you are is what's popular. Wow. It gets really annoying to be told from people in positions of power, very successful people, that all you have to do is be yourself
4: Visit livenation.com slash concertweek to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul. Sum 41, 30 seconds to Mars. Oh, and two-door cinema club.
0: My God, Billy, to, to sit across from me right now, knowing that you're going to be releasing something that is so personal and so special and so you, after everything you've been through in this industry, while not being dissuaded and... and, and Saying goodbye to it forever. Yeah, you maybe walked away for a bit, but you came back. You came back.
2: Well, I never never walked away from it. I just went deeper inside of me. How? Creatively. I didn't have anywhere to go. So I started asking myself other questions. Well, what is it? What should I do? Where should I go? You know, I did a I did a workbook called The Artist's Way back in 2000. Julia Cameron, saved my life. Excavation of what it is that you really want and how to get it. Creative. The human spirit. You know, what do I want to say? I'm not interested in material that doesn't move the needle in some way. Tony Morrison says this is precisely the time when artists go to work. There's yeah. no room spare there's no time for fear we speak we, we do language this is how civilizations heal i was put on this earth i have a calling on my life that's bigger than me and everybody around me i know that for certain and i can finally speak about it and talk about it there's no ego in this it's just fact and i need to understand what that is so i can consistently be In order, divine order, and be using my gifts and art in the way that I should. I'm still learning how to do that. I'm still learning how to excavate that. You know, because what I find in these spaces is that when you can speak about your worth, when you know your worth, you honor your worth. You stand in the fullness of it and you can speak about it because one must know what those are so that we can show up properly.
0: Mm.
2: You can't show up properly unless you know what the point is, you know, and it's really easy. I've been in this, in this, in this cycle of people calling me arrogant and, and uh, narcissistic because I've dared recently to speak on my power. And that makes other people uncomfortable on the Mm. outside of me, sometimes, not always. You know, it's interesting because I remember watching Oprah, and I say that because I remember watching Oprah, and she, you know, she was on the air for like a decade or something. And then one year she came on and she said, I'm not going to be doing any of the shock talk anymore. My purpose is something different. The curtain dropped, live your best life. And that's what she has been with ever since. There's a lot that I'm destined for Mm -hmm. and always have been. And I can speak on this because I've lived long enough, 53 years old, I've lived long enough to see the fruits of those facts and my labor.
0: Mm. Mm, Billy. It is so rewarding listening to someone speak in their truth and believe it 100%. Because a lot of people say things that they are a certain way or believe in a certain something, but they don't act on it. And I don't think that makes you arrogant. Um, I don't think it makes you difficult. I don't think it makes you any of the things. It makes you someone who's had life experiences and is sharing your truth, which is what artistry is all about. And I love that in your songs and your music as well. Like your your bop, Baby Was a Dancer. (laughs) That comes on when we're in the car, when I'm in the gym and I'm like, yes, I am jamming out. But behind (laughs) that, Behind that are powerful lyrics, and that's what you do. You weave, you weave fun with power. Talk to me about that lead single of yours because it was, is brilliant.
2: Well, that's the third single, and it went number one on BBC Two Radio. Which is way, yeah, it's number one on BBC Two Radio. And baby was a uh, and broke a sweat. Just cracked the top ten over there, so it looks like I'm going to be spending some time over there because they get me. In yeah. a way, you know, America sometimes is unwilling to right now. That doesn't mean it. That doesn't mean it won't happen.
0: It can change. But the lyrics of that song talk. You know, to me about
2: my that. it's all about. Like you said, I've been through something, and I've been on a journey to heal my trauma through my art. You know, people sometimes it's hard to see. It's hard to be what you can't see. Mm. I am a new thing. You know, I'm black and I'm gay and I'm out and I'm unapologetic and I'm doing things that on paper I was never supposed to be able to do. My queerness, I was told by haters and allies alike that my queerness would be my liability and it was. For decades, Tommy. Mm. It was my liability for decades. And now all of a sudden, it's my superpower. So I'm leaning into that. And all the lyrics on all of the songs are very, very personal to all of these years that I've been able to live. And what I've learned. You know, there's a song on the album that you haven't heard yet called More to Learn. Mm. there's always more to learn
0: your queerness is your superpower I'm sitting here getting emotional hearing you say that as a 53 year old black man because I know that's something that you didn't believe for probably way too long right? I wasn't even
2: supposed to be alive at this point you know how many friends of mine died from a plague You know, like, it's like, I wasn't supposed to be here. Mm. I really wasn't. Um, I'm so grateful that I've lived long enough to see the day where this kind of change powers me. Change. Powers the world. And what's interesting is to me about all of the trauma that we're going through collectively, you know, with this sort of, Uh, resurgence of conservatism, white nationalism, whatever you want to call it. You know, the change has already happened. That's what I keep trying to just say like a mantra. The change has already happened. Mm. That's why the pushback is so severe. We all right. You can't put the toothpaste back in the tube. (laughs) There is a fight. We have to show up and fight for what we know is right. There will be blood. There has always been. Change doesn't happen without somebody laying down their life. My ancestors have laid down their lives. For me to be able to be who I am and live in the spaces and take up the spaces and occupy the world like I do. People have already died for this. Right. So the terrorism, the, 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 the uh, domestic terrorism that's going on right now to try to stop the progress doesn't scare me. And we so- need to have that conversation. This is what it's always been, right? So we show up and we fight back.
0: So what gives you hope? Because as you said, there's a lot going on and, and there's a lot of fights that need to be fought. But does does anything give you hope for the, I believe the
2: future? The children are the future. Mm. Teach them well and let them lead the way. Yeah. No, I mean, it sounds like. I just. Yeah. It's like it's the next generation's turn Yes. to pick up what we effed up. And, you know, I hear the smart ones talking. And, you know, they were born into rights that my generation and all of the generations behind me fought for. Unfortunately, on purpose, there's a lack of history. We don't know our history. That is on purpose. Those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. Mm. The power structure counts on that. Right. They count on that. Why do you think they're banning books? Why do you think they talk about indoctrination? That's you're doing you're that's what y'all are doing. And it's we're funny. not even gonna teach it. We're not even gonna teach it.
0: Right, right. we it's gonna tell to tell our
2: students that, that slavery was useful to Black people. Yeah. No. Mm-mm. No. And it's up to us and it's up to our kids to stop it. Yeah. And we yeah. We have to be engaged. We have to be present. We have to show up. We have to, you know, it's we the people get to make this decision for now.
0: Well, and I think to your point, we're seeing the younger generations doing that. And I think it's up to all of us in any generation we're in to do it, but it, it does oh, give yeah. hope seeing that. And like you said, seeing the children do that, it's, it's, it's progress and we need that. But we also need you. And that's what you keep doing as well. And you, even in yeah. your music, you, you get quote unquote what people might consider a little political god forbid but you're putting out the messages that people need to hear and be reminded of and i think that's so important
2: i hear i hear what you're saying exactly and let me speak to that for a second go ahead there are buzzwords in the power structure meant to silence the biggest one is politicize. Mm. it's all political you're trying to take my rights away and I'm not supposed to talk about it because that's politicizing it. Yes, God damn it, I am. And what you mean when you say I'm politicizing it and trying to shut me down, you're saying shut up. Right. You're trying to tell me to shut up and I will never shut up. Yeah, it's political. You're trying to take my rights away and for me to speak about that in public. Out loud, you're shutting me down by saying I'm being political. Uh,
0: I know. I know. It must be frustrating.
2: I'm not doing that. But another word. Too preachy. Those two words don't come at me with those two words. Yes, <laughs> it's political. And yes, I'm preaching. Somebody needs to.
0: That's
2: right. Because <laughs> we're at the same place we've been for 400 years. Somebody needs to do something.
4: Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds from Mars, Oh, and Two Door Cinema Club. Well,
0: that's part of your magic is you do it and most people respond really well to it and they want to keep yeah. educating themselves and learning and hearing perspectives that they don't themselves have. And I think that's amazing. You actually just reminded me, and this is such a random thing to connect this with, but When Taylor Swift came out with her video for You Need to Calm Down, Uh and you you were in it, which was was incredible, and she had so many LGBT icons and trailblazers in it, she even got flack, and people were saying, oh, that's political, it's pushing Yes, it is!
2: Yes, it is!
0: But it was an amazing
2: video and moment and message. That's what we're supposed to do! As artists, that's what we're supposed to do! Yeah. Yeah. No, I will not shut up and dribble. No, I will not shut up and sing. No, I will not shut up and dance. No, I won't shut up and I won't ever go away. No. I don't understand what this is. It's like, you know, the, the idea that the gov- you know, these, these 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 dictator, you know, whatever we're calling these people. It's like so you, you it's about silencing. If you can get the people to be silent. then you can do whatever you want.
0: Yeah. 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 And it's nice to see more and more people not allowing that to happen and going outside.
2: Everybody. Right. I want everybody to strike the words scary and terrified from the vernacular. Scratch it. We don't have room for that. We don't have time for that. Scared of what? What? I mean, our government for four years or more still today, you won't stand up to Orangina 45 because he's gonna tweet about you? What are we, sixteen-year-old cheerleaders?
0: Billy, that's your magic, is you're showing people to not be afraid. And I think that's a really so beautiful thing. <laughs> What's that?
2: I said it. So is Fanny Willis.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, you you I, I just I think what you do for the masses is incredible. <laughs> and thank you. Um, I, I, I'm such a fan of the work you do and the person that you are. Um, it's just, it's so cool to see. And I do think your influence rubs off on a lot of people, even something like I just mentioned, even something like Taylor doing that video. I think the more people see people like you, the more people like the rest of us feel comfortable with that. Was that a fun video? That video, by the way, go ahead.
2: Say that again, baby.
0: I was going to say that video. I I loved you. in it was that fun to do.
2: It was so fun. And she, you know, and she called and she said, I have to speak. And like, I didn't, I don't quite know how, but I think this is the, this is the way that I can speak. This is the way that I can like, you know, get involved and use my, my powers for good. And she did, you know, it's like, we turned it around. Biden is in the white house. You know, this it's, you know, it's like, It can work when we show up and participate.
0: Showing up is number one, right? Showing up is so important. And you show up for so many people. And I told you this privately. I maybe told you this on Rachel. I'm going to tell you this again. One of the many things I love about you is... You show people that it's never too late to have a second act, right? Like you're 53 now. You said when you were turning 50, you were reaching some of your wildest successes. You have this amazing new music career. You've always wanted to do it in the way that you wanted to do it. And here you are actually making that happen. Do you believe that it's never too late?
2: Yeah, that's my whole point. And that's why I say my age so often.
0: Because a lot of people don't say it.
2: Yeah, I say my age so often because I earned it. I worked hard for this age. I'm still alive. You know, that's one of the lyrics in More to Learn. It opens with, I'm alive. What an accomplishment Mm. for my kind. I lost more people at the age of 21 to AIDS than my 85-year-old grandmother had. (sighs) yeah. So when people hear me speak... When people receive my energy to the people that I sometimes make uncomfortable because I'm that's why that's mm-hmm. why I've so lived the for- life already yeah, you and have I do not suffer fools, I will never suffer fools ever again. We so have work to do
0: yeah, yeah, and you you make it very clear in your work that that's not something that's going away anytime soon
2: and it creates a space where the people who are in alignment with me show up. Yeah. If you don't like what I do, don't, I'm not, we don't, it's all good. There are lots of people who do. Right. And will. And that's and life. People.
0: And that's life. Not everyone is going to always like you. Right. And and you just got to move on and keep, keep doing the work that makes you proud. Right. Yeah. I'm with you, Billy. I'm with you hundred percent. Wait. Before you went on that tour, I, I saw you a few weeks before, and you said you wanted to live your wildest Beyonce fantasy. So did you feel like Beyonce out there?
2: <laughs> no, I felt like Billy.
0: Oh, I love
2: that. I felt like Billie. I, I, was really, I was really able to just lock into a whole, I don't want to say a whole new thing, get reacquainted with what has always been there. Like I said, I was I was myself again. I wasn't playing Pray Tell, I wasn't playing Lola. I wasn't playing the fabulous godmother. It was not a character. It was me. And so I was just able to go out there and be me. And I'm going to say this. The show started clocking in at two hours. By the end, we were clocking in at somewhere between two thirty and three. Ooh, <laughs> and it was just me. I didn't even have background singers because I couldn't afford them. The background singers were on the uh, were on the track. I had video components and a rocking band, and it was just me. And what I said was, you know, my whole goal was to give the world a big bear hut. Mm. You know, it's celebration of life and love and hope and peace and joy. And that's exactly what I was able to do. You know, fear not. Because the change has already happened. And together, we fix this. Love always wins. It always does. Can take some time to get there. And we win. Mm Mm-hmm. Remember that we win.
0: We win, baby.
2: We win every time we win.
0: I am so bummed. I didn't get to see the first leg of the tour. Please tell me there's more coming.
2: Yes, of course. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm still on Black Mona Lisa. I'm I'm still on Black Mona Lisa Volume 1. Everybody's like, when's Volume 2? I'm like, no, I got to get the rest of the world with Volume 1. The album was supposed to come out in September, but because of uh, the attention that we've been getting and the love that we've been getting from the UK, I'm signed to Republic Records here. I'm signed to Island Records in the UK. So the Island people were like, don't put the album out because we're getting so much, we're getting so much um, love and so much buzz that if the album comes out, we run the risk of cannibalizing the entire project because the, the music industry is a singles market right now. hmm so it, it, the, whenever the album comes out, we'll be fine, but let's like try to market these singles a little bit more and like even get more buzz around the singles and blow them up, you know? So we're pushing the album. We're, I'm, I'm, I'm we're focusing on the UK a bit through the end of this year and, and, uh, and America too. But, but like, you know, it's more about the singles right now, uh, Broke a Sweat. So like, Go download it, listen to it, call it into your radio station. I don't know what they do. I don't know what it
0: is. <laughs> Keep supporting is all we need to do. Keep supporting Support the music. Yeah. I love it all. And, and Billy, final question. And I know this is going to be a tough one for you because you lay it all out on the table. So I'm not sure what's left. But the name of the show is I've Never Said This Before. Can you think of something that you've never said before? No. You've said it all.
2: I say it all.
0: That's a first on this show.
2: I can't think of something that I've never said.
0: And I actually believe that.
2: Prior to May 19th, 2021, it would have been, I'm HIV positive. Right. Said it all. I lay everything out there. So there are no secrets.
0: How freeing must that be?
2: It is freeing. Because there's never a gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. And that's what, and that's what, the cynical press and the gossip stuff, they five on that. Yeah. Gotcha, gotcha. It's the hiding of something. So when you don't hide it, then there's nothing to say.
0: Right. You put it all out.
2: I put it all. I always put it all the way out.
0: Well, you put out not only... Not only things that maybe other people would hide, you just put out everything. It's whether it's feel good, whether it's inspirational, whether it's something silly that you don't like in pop culture, whether it's something you love. I mean, you just have such an open dialogue with the world, and I think that's truly beautiful. And like I said, that's the first time someone honestly doesn't have something to say in response to that question. But with you, you're you're the one person that I believe that with. So I I
2: love
0: it. I love it i love it yeah. billy you're a gem you know that i love you you know my husband loves thank you we're billy fans of you artistically and personally and i'm i'm really excited for all that's to come with you you know you know you always have my support thank you i've never said this before is hosted by me tommy DiDario. this podcast is produced and edited by mike coscarelli and executive producers are andrew puglisi and katrina norvell at iHeartRadio. i've never said this before is part of the elvis duran podcast network on iHeartPodcasts. podcasts for more rate review and subscribe to our show and if you like this episode tell your friends <laughs> until next time i'm tommy DiDario.
4: It's easy to wear, affordable styles that celebrate the ultimate family man, along with the quality, durability, and sensibility dads appreciate. Available online Saturday, May 4th at jcp.com and in-store Thursday, May 16th. Just in time for Father's Day. Limited time only. JCPenney, make it count.
1: Trinity School of Natural Health can help you be part of the fast-growing health and wellness industry.